baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're going to love this, Lee. Oh, what's that? Government-funded studies. Very important study. Yeah. To probe the very important question we all want to know, is white paint's popularity and prominence, you know, like his wall color, Yeah. part of worldwide wicked whiteness and the patriarchy? Okay. White. Yeah. Boy, that's there. Paint. There's some well-spent tax dollars. Yeah, there you go. Is is white paint really a white supremacy product? Uh, okay. I, now, I guess we're just going to have to do away with the reference to anything that is the color white. Yeah, and I'm still awaiting, you know, direction. So, okay, what what color do I paint my walls then? Not Caucasian. I mean, I got a white bathroom. Yeah. Um, I had a busy weekend. I'm not going to have time to fix this for a couple of weeks. I had no idea. Maybe it's just light gray. Very, very light gray. Extremely light gray. Hmm. So gray that it's almost another color. So light gray is almost another color. Now, there's no word on gray, okay? I don't know if that's just a shade of white supremacy at this point. Could be a gray area. Well, the good news is you didn't pay for this study. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, This is being done in in Norway. Oh, okay. Um, But it's in the New York Post this morning. A study on whiteness and paint, dubbed nor white observes <laughs> this is the left oh is so nuts oh my god they're not the norwegian developed paint pigment titanium white um they're looking at it through a historical aesthetic and critical lenses uh, to determine how the development of the color contributed to social transformation Okay. I always thought, here I always thought it was just a nice neutral color, right? So you could yeah. put any kind of furniture with it. I mean, it, it, yeah. silly me. Exactly, yeah. I But but I've learned. So, uh, yeah, watch out. Well, so, you have awoken to your whiteness, Tara. Yeah. Well, speaking of white wickedness, uh, the Alec Murdoch trial mm, yeah. didn't take long for him to break. He was uh, crying during the opening statements. Double murder trial. Yeah. So we learned yesterday there were some questions about the the, the weapons. Um, people were wondering if they'd been found or not. That was not really clear till the opening statement. Still not actually clear. But what they said was um, that a family weapon was used to kill the wife. Gunshot residue was found on Alec Murdaugh's seatbelt and on a raincoat that was located at his mother's house. I'm um, going to be interesting to see if they have a way that that to to prove that came from the crime scene. I mean, if a family owns guns, then gunshot residue would yeah. not be a strange thing to no, have in any all. of those places. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they they're they're. I'm sure will be more details. Um, on that, but it really gives us um the the deepest look we've had so far into how brutal this crime scene yeah was. That was disturbing. Yes, it was. Prosecutor Creighton Waters told jurors that Alec Murdaugh's uh, first blasted his son with buckshot before picking up an AR-15-style rifle uh, to shoot his wife. Um, and that, that this, was, this was so violent that the son's 
head exploded. Uh, that Paul's head literally exploded. Now, that detail, this is interesting, did not come from the prosecution. It came from the defense. Alex Murdo, Al- yeah. Alec Murdo's team. From yeah. Dick Harpootlian. And you know why? What do you he, think? Well, he's because he's trying to make the case that this was so violent and you would have had been so close to do that much damage that you would have been covered in blood, whatever material. Yep. And um, and there apparently, uh, at least from Harpootlian's standpoint, from the defense's standpoint, is not any evidence to support that. No, and even the prosecution. See, and, the, and this is where the prosecution's really screwed up the evidence here. I mean, I, I just I've covered criminal trials for many, many years as a crime reporter. And wow, you do not destroy the key piece of evidence yeah, in a murder trial. That's going to be problematic, and that you, that, you that could set them up for an appeal if there's a conviction. You don't you don't take and do that. Um, there are entire rounds of debate over how much of a sample of something, maybe it's a DNA sample, a shirt with blood spatter, whatever it is, um, is going to be given to the defense versus the prosecution to do their own testing. Both sides always test it. Because the thought on the defense is, well, the state lab is biased, right? I mean, that's the state side. So you have to save some of this evidence yeah. for the defense to for test with their testing, own. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And when your key evidence is he had a shirt with some blood on it and the blood was his son's. Okay. Which is not surprising. No, not if you check them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not even the, the prosecution. It's, it's, it's kind of light spatter. I mean, it's not what you'd expect if your son's head exploded. So... Um, again, the, the the real thing we're going to get have to get past here, um, and it's going to be up to the judge. Is he going to allow that evidence to be admitted when the, the the defense didn't get to analyze it? When the defense didn't get a hold of it because it was destroyed? I, I still want to. I mean, there should I, be a full blown state investigation into the mishandling of yeah, this shirt. I, I don't know how this you is could, a disaster. I don't know how you could not admit it. I mean, I, I get the objection there, and maybe there could it could be you know entered with prejudice or something or other, whatever the legal reference is. I, I'm certainly no lawyer, but it, it, I, I don't see how you could proceed without at least acknowledging that. Now, you may want to, like I said, make some type of statement or caveat about the fact that you know the 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 prosecution did not allow defense independent access here's the problem though let's say you're the prosecution right and you're strategizing on this one and, and maybe you think the, the judge go along with it they're gonna allow defense experts to testify about how bad this yeah, is yeah, right. because the prosecution's witness before the destruction of the shirt so the defense could never get a hold of it which is how they're going to present it to the jury that is how the defense will present it to the jury yeah. the expert initially disagreed with the prosecution and then w- did a 180 and change their mind, right? And then no shirt for the defense to test. If honestly, if I was the prosecution, I would be having a debate with my team. Do we even want the shirt? Because if you take the shirt and the judge allows the shirt, which he could, he could well within his right say no shirt, forget it. No. Um, you guys bungled that so badly. And again, Lee, d- just covering crime in, in North Carolina, we had a very controversial murder case thrown out. Charges gone because the defense did exactly this thing. The key uh, evidence was tested by the defense and then, I mean, by the prosecution and then ordered destroyed. Wow. And the judge threw, forget we're going to admit it or not, threw the charges out. All of it, the murder charge. And so the story was followed for a long time in North Carolina because this guy butchered this woman. I mean, absolutely butchered her, stabbed her to death. No question about it. Not gray at all. 
and he got away with it because the prosecution did this. So this is a nuclear-level screw-up by the state prosecution. Well, plus the fact that you have no, apparently, at least as far as we know, no eyewitnesses to the crime, no. period, none. And, you know, all you have is cell phone and circumstantial evidence with regard to the whereabouts of Murdoch at the time of the uh, the murders that took place. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm trying to, in trying to be objective. There's some serious holes yep. in, in the prosecution of this. And and obviously there are some serious holes in the defense's defense of this. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's there's probably very little question that he was somewhere close by or in the area. But, you know, actually putting him within shooting distance, literally, of both individuals is going to be, you know, somewhat difficult. And it's going to have to be, you know, assuming a lot. Listen to this. This is Dick Harputlian, lawyer for Alec Murdoch, describing how Murdoch arrives at the home. This is Dick Harputlian's version of events. And this part is is actually not disputable. Found his son lying in his own blood with his brains at his feet. Shot to hell. His head literally exploded. So this is a horrifying crime scene, and the defense is not shrinking from that at all. And I think you're exactly rightly. I think they're going to say like, there would have been. I mean, this guy, Alec Murdoch, should have been covered in blood. Even many feet away. Yeah. He should have been covered with blood here. Um, so this is it's going to be fascinating. Look, here's the thing we can count on, I think. Alec Murdoch is going to prison for the rest of his life. If, if they don't get him on this, if he somehow gets away with this. <laughs> yeah, there's the other 99 charges right. on financial fraud he's got an issue with. Yeah, so, he, uh, he's yeah. there. He's going away for life. The question is, does he go away for the murder of his wife and his son, the worst crimes that he committed? You know what else is going to get interesting? The UK Daily Mail is flat out reporting now. Buster Murdoch, the surviving son, is going to testify against his father. Hmm. Now, here's where it gets interesting. If you read the Wall Street Journal's coverage um, of this, and Netflix had it too, um, that we may well see Buster Murdoch practically on trial here, even though he hasn't uh, been charged because of the death of Stephen Smith. There are Smith's family, family members uh, that are on the list. So will the judge let them testify? Or not? I have no idea. But what they're going to try to do is point, paint this picture. Oh, hey, listen, Buster might be talking smack about his dad, but Buster had a good friend who turned up dead. With the Highway Patrol telling the U.S., you know, the U.K. Daily Mail, he, he didn't die in a traffic accident. He was murdered. And they pointed right at the Murdoch family, said there was a connection, and they wanted to investigate. So... How far does the judge let these people go? This thing could get wild if the judge lets everything in. But, Lee, if the judge doesn't, there's so much grounds for appeal here. So this is going to be, I mean, this is going to be better than the, you know, best binge-worthy series you've seen. But it's real, and it's here in South Carolina. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. 
you deserve Medela. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Luc Montagnier was a brilliant man. Won the Nobel Prize in medicine 2008. He was the one who figured out AIDS. Figured out that the AIDS virus, this was quite a mystery back in the 1980s, figured out the AIDS virus was a was actually called caused by a retrovirus called HIV. We didn't understand those kind of viruses then. He put them on the map. He was an mRNA expert. One of the world's foremost virologists. Lauded and celebrated. He died last year, at the end of last year. Made my heart hurt when he did. I'll tell you why. He died in shame. A guy who wins a Nobel in medicine wouldn't die in shame. But at the time he died, he had been shamed, mocked, ridiculed, painted as a heretic and a conspiracy theorist, a fool. He'd lost all of his social media, most of his social contacts, been shunned by the medical community in the EU. And damn it, he was right. And I wish he had learned, lived long enough to have read the Wall Street Journal last week. Because what he did was incredibly brave. What he did was warn the world not to take the COVID vaccine. He said it would reorient your immune system so you could fight nothing but the original strain of COVID. That you would see huge surges of people in hospitals and emergency rooms who could no longer fight colds or the flu. We saw that this fall. We saw record hospitalizations higher than COVID, CNN admitted. Yeah, it was this weird combo of flu and colds and some COVID. People just don't seem to be able to fight. It's weird. Anyway, yeah, just like Luke Montagnier told us would happen. Just like that. Last week, the Wall Street Journal vindicated Luke Montagnier. You'll never see it because he died in shame. I hope wherever he is, he knows. By admitting, you know, it's the virus does this really weird thing. This, the, the vaccine does this really weird thing. It seems to reorient your immune system. Yeah, I know. Luke told us two years ago. It's reorient your immune system. So we can't really fight much that of, you know, cannot effectively fight the things we used to be able to fight. We can only fight COVID. And that strain's passed, so <laughs> that's not good. And Luke Montagnier missed the Wall Street Journal's expose this week. The one where they finally said it. There is no safety data for the boosters. None. Zip. Zilch. Zero. And no efficacy data. They even hit the radio commercials that run on this station and all our stations across the country. So they were full of lies. They're not safe. No idea if they work. They might be safe. We don't know. We won't know till you take it. And then we see what happens to you. Wall Street Journal this week. But then we knew that because Luke Montagnier told us. All these strange things are happening at once, and that's why the Wall Street Journal is fessing up. They're not the good guys. They lied too. 
like everybody else. See, because everybody's figuring it out. And that's why you have headlines like this. UK government to end COVID booster shots for healthy people under 50. They say not to take them. That's weird. Why would they say that? It's real weird. Because they're dangerous. We have no safety data on them. And we have no idea if they work. Not me. Wall Street Journal. Take it up with them. And then this. We just got this, folks. Judicial Watch sued the FDA and Moderna and Pfizer to get records about the COVID vaccine. They just wanted to see what little, you know, what few trials had been done on it. There weren't many. Well, show us what you know. They sued in early um, 2021 after filing multiple FOIAs that started as soon as the shots were given. By September 2021, their FOIAs were not answered, and so they sued the FDA, the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, and the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and Moderna and Pfizer. If it's so safe, show us the data. They just got it. Too late for a lot of people. Nearly 700 pages of records from Department of Health and Human Services on Moderna's data. By the way, they haven't gotten everything they want. This is just the first tranche. And now we know why they didn't want you to see it. You know what it does in rats? Rats that are pregnant? Deformities. And not a small number either. Wavy ribs? Skeletal deformities? Kills baby rats? How long have they known this again? Since the beginning of 2021 when we were all taking the shots? See, because... That sent me into a rage yesterday. I was walking around in a bad mood. You know why I was walking around in a bad mood? Because I got multiple emails. I got multiple emails from pregnant women who were subject to the vaccine mandate right here in Greenville. And they were scared to death to take it. But they were scared to death not to take it because they'd lose their job pregnant and their health benefits. And I told every one of them. Not to take it. I, I don't know. Some, some of them I heard from their parents who were worried uh, and members of this audience. Others, I heard, hey, my daughter is in the military. Uh, she's taking this. She's going to get, you know, her record destroyed. I said, just destroy the record. Don't take it. You can't do that to that baby. How did I know? How did I know? They just got this. They just got this the other day. Folks, your government, stop with the music. I'm not done. Your government knows. Your government knew when they did the mandates, threatened pregnant women in this this county with firing that this caused deformities in baby rats and not a small amount and they hid it and they made her go get that shot if i sound pissed i'm pissed i am mad i could hardly sleep last night i am so angry but i knew this how did i know this how did i know it before i saw the 700 pages well there was a way you could know it it was published in the British Medical Journal last year because a whistleblower doing Pfizer trials, you remember this story? She was um, middle management. She took the data, you know, where Pfizer was excluding people who died, excluding children who were injured, excluding pregnant women whose fetuses were injured. They just threw them out of the trials. That data? She took it at all the major medical journals in this country. Nobody wanted it. Finally, she found somebody who would publish it. It was the British Medical Journal. They thought this would turn a corner. Instead, the British Medical Journal, the British Medical Journal, a top five journal on earth, was censored and banned from Facebook. 
So I knew this. I knew this last summer when your government was still forcing pregnant women to take that shot or lose their jobs and their health insurance. When your government knew damn well what this did to rats, pregnant rats, and they shoved it down your throat anyway. Why? I just want to know why. Is it money? Good God, I hope it was money. I hope they did it for money because all the other possibilities are too horrible to contemplate. And I hope those women didn't take that shot, but I'm afraid some of them did. And I hope wherever Luke Montagnier is, that he knows that he's been vindicated. Again, listen to Anthony Fauci over the Nobel Prize in Medicine world-famous virologist who discovered HIV because he was some kind of crackpot, we were told. And that is how censorship kills. Good morning. Texture rates. Uh, Texture rates, Tara. Yeah, uh, Tara, my, probably my bad, but I've missed it. But what's your take on why eggs are so high? So we're talking about the USDA report. This, I mean, this is news topic number one. Today. I cannot believe Joe Biden is literally uh, traveling around the country, going to give a speech today about how great the economy is in the middle of layoffs. So, you know, you get laid off this morning at work. And then you what? You're driving home and you're hearing Joe tell you how great the economy is. This is right on the heels of his speech taking credit for, uh, you know, reducing, getting rid of, ending whatever inflation. No, 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 says his own USDA. I can't get this in enough times today because I know the show is show prep for a lot of other things in this country. We just go first. We're on the East Coast. Um, you got to look this up if you're using me for show prep. United States Department of Agriculture. That is the USDA. This report. Oh, my gosh. Here, I'll help. I'll put it right up to the screen on Rumble. There you go. See? USDA? Okay. Yeah. Um, food inflation. Scary. It's going to be with us through 2023, and it's not going down. It's going up. Overall, uh, they're saying food prices predicted to increase 7.1%, but let's start breaking it out to the essentials because they count a lot of stuff in there that you don't need to buy, right? Food at home prices. Expected to increase between 8% at 117 Let's just call it 12 Food away from home prices predicted to increase 8.2%. Folks, inflation ain't going anywhere. That's what this tells you. 8.2% could go as high as 9.7%. But I love this part here. Egg prices predicted to increase another 27.3% in 23. The government says they went up 60 last year. But again, uh, Dave sent us his receipts from Aldi right here in Greenville. About a week ago now. It was like the biggest thing I did that week. People went nuts for this. Went viral on Twitter. It was crazy. But what it was, it was Aldi January 2022. And it was $1.15 for a dozen eggs. And then it was Aldi January 2023. And it was over $4 for eggs. So that is a 385% increase roughly. That's not 60. So when they say eggs up 27%, 150? I'm here in Greenville. I mean, that's. 
Anyway, whatever. Let's stick with, with 27. So uh, what else we got going on here in the U.S., according to USDA? It's going to be great. Uh, prices for uh, meats, 12.8%. Dairy products, 8%. Oh, boy. Fats and oils, 16.5%. Stop, hold on. Stop the train. Stop the train. Okay. Folks, when you're buying food, whether it is food away from home, food, almost everything has eggs in it, fats and oils, or sugar, which is supposed to go up 10.6%. Can't make stuff with that. So what are we talking about with food? Well, I mean, if it's like anything other, I mean, and it's got dairy in it. I mean, look, you you see, it's like... Food is going to go through the roof. You're thinking, oh, I'll just eat cereal. Oh, no, you won't. That's going up 12%. Non-alcoholic beverages, including juice, 8.7%. Other foods, I don't even know what that category is, 6.8%. So this whole 6.5% inflation thing where Joe took credit, what did I tell you last? Just just last week, I told you, yes, it is going to plateau only because we haven't started printing the omnibus yet. That just passed end of December. When we start to print the omnibus and we continue, because we have not fully printed Lindsey Graham's infrastructure package, it's going to go through the roof. The only thing that causes inflation is government printing. That is the only thing that causes inflation. So this is a problem. It's a big problem. And the swamp's plan for dealing with Joe Biden's plan just just not going to tell you just going to pretend it's not and tell his sheeple that even though the store prices are going up they are actually not going up texter writes what about mayo I'm thinking that's got to be under fats right I mean this is made largely with I mean there's a lot of egg in there right this egg price is going up 27.3 percent so I mean I don't know what's an alternative to mayo tell me I don't know texter writes hey Tara I had a chicken stolen from my yard yesterday gonna have to put a security Going to have to put security on my chickens now, says Joe from Inman. I would recommend doing that. People are going to be jumping out of cars and stealing chickens. Folks, they're already, yeah, here's, can I ask you a question here? This is the weirdest thing, okay? I remember we had a story last week about the extreme crackdown on the cartels at the border? <laughs> no. On the 250,000 illegals coming across every month? <laughs> no. On the 65,000 gotaways coming across every month? No. <laughs> no. On the terrorists? From the terrorist watch list, the 17 we cut? No. On eggs. They're cracking down on egg smuggling from Mexico because eggs cost half in Mexico of what they cost here. Let me ask you a question. If Vladimir Putin is causing this, why isn't this happening in Mexico too? If the avian flu is causing this, why isn't the avian flu causing this in Mexico? Let me let me give an let me, let me explain. It's not. No, why do we have the avian flu here, but it's not in Mexico? Well, the avian flu only killed five percent of the national flock. This ain't because of the avian flu. If literally you can go a couple miles across the border, the gas is significantly less. People pick up gas when they're there. That's according to the BBC. And what are they doing? They're risking ten thousand dollar fines to ship to smuggle eggs back into the country. Well, if Vladimir Putin did this, why isn't the inflation in Mexico? It's because Congress did this. Lindsey Graham did this. Mitch McConnell did this. The Republican leader. 
And the Democrat leadership did this, and they wanted to make sure Kevin McCarthy couldn't cut spending. They wanted to make sure that the Republicans couldn't cut spending when they took office in January, so they rammed through the uh, omnibus. They have to print a trillion dollars of it. They'll borrow some of that trillion, too. It's $1.7 trillion. We're going to print or borrow a trillion of it. What does that mean? This. This is how the USDA knows. Right here in this report. This is how the USDA knows how much inflation is going to be because they know how much we have to print. That's how they know. Texture rates, it's like we're living in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, but the only people, y'all, there are some people who are not struggling. They're the high-ranking members of the Ukrainian government. They were just fired because it's getting embarrassing. Yachts, mansions, high-priced vacations all over the world. And some of the most war-torn areas of Ukraine, weird. How much money did they get busted spending on themselves that were supposed to be spent on the Ukrainian people? And this is money from European taxpayers and from U.S. taxpayers. Where did, where did, how much money? $100 billion with a B? Okay, you realize the entire GDP, the whole economy of Ukraine, before Vladimir Putin invaded, was $200 billion. That was like the whole economy of Ukraine, okay? They just got caught. By the thug Zelensky, because he's a thug too. Don't kid yourself. They just caught got caught by the thug Zelensky, who apparently when he's not trying to shut down churches and disappear journalists who tell the truth um, and outlaw and jail his political rivals, was not paying attention to the $100 billion of our money and European taxpayer money uh, that his thug uh, government ministers were spending. So he's gone ahead and fired them now. Like about a dozen of them, but $100 billion still gone. So that means you got to make it up. It's in the hole. So we're going to have to print it and send it over there, I guess. And you're going to pay at the um, grocery store is apparently the plan. Oh, my God, I love this. Okay, if you haven't been following this, one of these things I get sucked into and then I end up laughing. You saw what Mars did with M&Ms, right? Everybody's talking about it all week. The left is outraged because Mars had to dropkick their non-binary M&Ms, the fat one and the two lesbians. Yeah, so uh, Mars announced that they, they, they these new multicolor um candies and 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 so what they did was they defeminized their words not mine uh mars defeminized the green one so she wasn't so obviously a woman because it was offensive to the left to be able to tell uh if said candy was in fact female since um that is a social construct and all so they defeminized her and made her a little fatter too they left one woman but they made her real fat to celebrate fatness which is appropriate for mars i suppose because if you eat your can their candy you will get fat um, and, and then, uh, they paired the other two up as lesbians and they said, celebrate. And that lasted like, I don't know, two weeks. People stopped buying the candy. So then they decided to hire Maya Rudolph, who still is identifiably a woman, but she's a liberal. So who knows how long that will last? Um, they, they, they hired her and got rid of the candies entirely. Like the, you know, the, the Eminem, I mean, the Eminem's of it, folks, the left, is so triggered by anything that is authentically, identifiably, culturally American. Even the littlest thing, like the M&M's candy. So, I mean, the, the girls had to be defeminized, um, and they had to be non-binary, they had to be lesbian, they had to be fat. Fat is okay. So, apparently, we've learned this from this whole episode. 
that um, if you, 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 you can now be a victim by being really, really fat. Did not know. Good to know. Never going to work on the PhD weight loss plan. It's not for me, but maybe for you. Okay. A&W root beer just piled on and it was glorious. It was glorious. So what they did with the girl when they defeminized her, the M&M, so they took the high heels off, made her a little thicker. So she looks more like a liberal woman they can identify. And, um, and, and they did that, right? And they gave her the lesbian girlfriend. Okay. So the left loved it. They thought it was great. Everybody else stopped buying it. And that was like two-thirds of the audience. So kind of a revenue problem. So A&W, root beer, which is so good, and I haven't had it in a while. Shame on me. A&W, root beer, has a spokes bear. Uh, and the spokes bear has always been naked from the bottom, you know, like from the waist down. So A&W went ahead and put jeans on the spokes bear because apparently the wardrobe choices are offensive. They're, they were mocking Eminem is what they were doing. In other words, wow, if we can't, if we must defeminize, then we're going to go with, you know, jeans. Here's what they write. A message from A&W America. Let's talk. Since 1963, Rudy the Great Root Beer Bear has been our beloved spokes bear. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six-foot-tall bear wearing an orange sweater. But now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. So they put some nice gender-neutral pants on him. Therefore, we've decided that Rudy will wear jeans going forward. Not to worry, though. He will remain our official spokes bear. After all, he is unbearably cute. Oh, that's going to be a problem. And impossibly impossible to replace. We are confident Rudy will continue to champion good food and good times for many years to come. Now in denim. So some people didn't get this at all. This was, they said, oh my God, you're going to, you wish you, you don't want to offend people. No, they were making fun of M&Ms. That's great. So I'm going to get myself some A&W on my cheat day this weekend. That's what I'm going to do. I haven't had that in a while. You know what I need to do? I need to, have you, I used to love these as kids. You'd put like a scoop of vanilla ice cream in A&W root beer. I mean, assuming I could still afford ice cream, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check. But maybe I get some, like a small thing of ice cream and put a scoop in. Ah, that was pure bliss. A&W, y'all. Oh, boy. Once the left figures out they were making fun of M&M's, they're going to freak. I can't wait. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.